So uh, as we share today, uh, I want to start in Proverbs chapter 6 and uh, verse 16. There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a man who stirs up dissension among brothers. And then let's go to Nehemiah. Chapter 4, now we've been going in detail in Nehemiah, I'm just pulling out a few verses to underline a point. So in chapter 4, verse 7, when Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the men of Ashad heard that the repairs of Jerusalem's wall have gone ahead and that the gaps were being closed, they were very angry. They plotted all together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. But we prayed to our God and posted a guard day and night to meet this threat. Meanwhile, the people in Judah said, the strength of the laborers is giving out and there is so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the wall. And our enemies said, before they know it or see us, we will be right there among them and will kill them and put an end to the work. Then the Jews who lived near them came and told us 10 times over, wherever you turn, they will attack us. Therefore, I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall at the exposed places, posting them by families with their swords, spears, and bows. After I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome. Don't be afraid, remember the Lord, who is great and awesome. And fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, and your wives, and your homes. Verse 15. When our enemies heard that we were aware of their plot, and that God had frustrated it, we all returned to the wall, each of us, to our work. When the enemies heard that we were aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it, we got back to work. And uh, finally, I want to read from Ephesians chapter 6.
starting at verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet girded with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. That's a lot, isn't it? That's a habit of prayer. And when do you do that? You do that when you're standing against the enemy. You do that when you're working, you got a work to do and the enemy is trying to knock it out. It's trying to extinguish it, trying to stop you, trying to discourage you, trying to stand against you, trying to lie about you, trying to whisper, fill you up with propaganda and fear. We have an illustration of that right now. Every time you pick, uh, turn on the TV or you open up and look at your, your internet, look at your cell phone, you're going to see something pop up. That's the next thing that Russia is saying or Russia is doing. And uh, the next thing that the, the, that the people who are standing against, what's going on there? Can't get away from it. And, uh, you know, the enemy's sucking us into it as well. You know, you need to get away from it. You need to put it, you know, you make your stand and you get on, right? I find my temptation is to get pulled into things, right? Now, and we go to the story in um, Nehemiah, there is this, this battle that went on. You know, they never actually fought, right? They never came to blows in the book of Nehemiah, right? But... When the Lord has given them the heart to work, and they've gotten about halfway through, and before that, when they're starting, they got heckled, and you know they came by there with this three countries. They're surrounded on three places. They got the Arabs, got the Ammonites, they got the Samaritans. They're surrounded in three different ways, just like um, Ukraine coming in from three different sides. Um, and uh, these, these are big powers. And, you know, the Jews are there and they're trying to build and uh, build the wall, trying to build a defense. And meanwhile, while they're trying to build a defense, they're like saying, well, your defense isn't built yet. And when you don't know it, we're, you're going we're gonna to get you. And, and by the way, that thing you're building, at one point it says, uh, if a fox landed on it, it would fall down. You know, and... Uh, Right? And what are you going to do? What are you going to build it with? 
look at who you've got. Uh, what you know, as far as what you got, these bunch of rocks that are rumble. You know, well, there was a big pile of rocks, and so there was plenty to work with, but they were all down in the dust. But the enemy will tell you that the material that you're working with, and in our case, the people, they're just burnt and they're worthless. They're all, you know, they got so many problems, right? But isn't it the ones with the problems that are the ones that fight the hardest? Isn't it, if you have a problem, right, who do you feel better sharing that problem with? Somebody who's got problems and has been enduring through it, that's found a few answers, right? The, the conversation goes like this. Can you just tell me how you did it? Can you share with me your secrets? How do you go on with these things and not get demolished? That so-and-so is an overcomer. You know, that person's a weeble, but they don't fall down. They wobble a bit, but they keep coming up because of the resurrected life. You know why weebles keep coming up? Is because they have a center of gravity and they go down to the foundation and that pulls them up. You know, there's, there, there's a, a center of gravity that, lo- that goes to the, follows that force and it raises them up. Um, all right. When we go to this, uh, these verses in uh, Proverbs, I've been uh, reading whatever the date is. I've been reading Proverbs ever since Dale said that he does that. Every day he reads a proverb. So it's really easy. I don't get to it every day, but today's the 6th, so I'm going to read Proverbs chapter 6, right? So that's what I did this morning. And I was struck. Um, it's a great chapter in Proverbs. If I can get there again. And... Um, but I was really struck by this little line, uh, this little section, and uh, verse 16. A lot of times in Proverbs, they like to say these statements. There are six things, no seven. Right? So these were six things. I was wondering, what are these six things that the Lord hates? And uh, seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes. That look. Um, now, as I'm reading this, I want you to get the picture of a certain world leader and see if he fulfills this. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are quick to rush to evil, a false witness who pours out lies, a man who stirs up dissension among brothers. Every one of those, you could put the word Putin on. You you just look at them and you see every one of those. God hates it. Now, we can go through this thing and say, well, I don't do that, right? Right? Well, you know what? If we're honest, sometimes our heart does think of evil, right? If we're honest, sometimes we do have that look. You know, maybe as a teenager, you've given that look to somebody in particular. 
<laughs> Maybe as a grandmother. <laughs> Maybe towards your brothers or sisters. Uh, so, um, feet that are quick to rush into evil. Um, hopefully that's not us. False witness pours out lies. Um, is what we're saying about one another true? You know, th- those, uh, those saints that were building the wall, okay, they had all these false witnesses, all these lies that were going about. In fact, they were hearing, you know, such, such things such as, uh, you better not go to bed because we're going to get you. You know, um, and it says that they heard it 10 times. You know, everybody's hearing this. And so the point where Jews were telling their brothers, listen, we can't do this work. We're going to get killed. This, this was just about ready to kill the work. Everybody was shaking in their boots. And they're looking over their shoulders. And they're trying to build. Um, and so that evil is powerful. That hatred, that changing the story, those causing dissent among your brothers, you know, what would have killed, what would have finished the work that Nehemiah is doing? If they started fighting among themselves. If they, you know, if they didn't have that unity, uh, they couldn't trust each other if there was dissent among brothers. And that is something I want to say. God has been working in our midst. God has been doing things among us. There's been a wonderful unity that God has given us. You know, we're standing for one another. Even though we're all a bunch of burnt stones, we're standing for one another and God is putting us together. You know, I see them sit in rows here. The Lord is building a wall, okay? But um, when you get settled for a while, little things come up. As uh, Dale at our retreat talked about foxes, the foxes get into the vine. And if we're not careful, little foxes, little whispers, little words are going to divide us. Okay, because once you get that sense of unity and things are going along, you know what you do? You relax. And when you relax, you start stepping on one another's feet. And then you start whatever. And now there's the enemy comes in. That's what he's trying to do. How are you going to not do that? You're going to have a short account. You're going to forgive one another right away. You're going to watch what comes out of your mouth. Are you sowing dissent? Are you beginning to get um, disappointed with your brothers and sisters? Are you building the wall and you feel like, hey, I'm lifting up a 20-pound rock and you're lifting up a five-pound rock? You know, pull your weight. And um, you know how many times I've dropped this rock because you didn't grab the other end? Or we had this big pile to move and uh, 
um, you had to go to the bathroom and you had to go get lunch. And I moved the whole thing by myself. All right, dissension. I did more rocks than anybody else. I'm something, haughty eyes. Um, you could probably think of a lot of other things, but you know, there's beginning to be a few whispers because it's always that way. When the Lord, when the Lord begins to establish something, the enemy can't come head on. Why? Because everybody will rally to the cause. When there's a big problem, we step up. But he's going to come in sneaky and begin to take us out or to turn us into a liability, a problem. We become a gossip or we become, uh, you know, tired. We don't show up for work. We don't show up for the work of God. Um, or we, we become dependent on someone else to do our work. We become dependent on people. And uh, not that we are dependent on each other, you know, but... God bless you. <laughs> not that we're not dependent on one another, but um, there's a balance there. And the balance comes from knowing the Lord, and from praying. And, uh, and so just like I saw uh, kind of a, a connection here on those things that the Lord hates and his operation against God's people, um, I saw an, also a connection in Ephesians on the different ways that we can stand. And Ephesians is about standing in the evil day. How are you going to stand? And um, first thing is to find the book. All right. Finally, be strong and in his mighty, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. You know, that whole uh, host that our fight is against is pretty daunting. You know, it's one thing, you know, our, we got to fight to win the ball game. You know, come on, guys, you can beat New Brighton or whatever. But when our fight is against these guys, these spiritual forces, it's very similar to those... Uh, in Nehemiah's time when they're trying to build the wall and they're surrounded on three sides, but people says, we're going to come in there and uh, we're going to kill you while you're sleeping. It's pretty daunting. These powers are pretty daunting. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the devil, evil day comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything, to stand. 
So there's a big word in this whole thing is standing. Doing everything so that you might be able to stand. Okay? And a lot of people have made up, you know, kind of like things, okay, imagine that you're putting on the helmet and all this kind of stuff. It means that you're, you're surrounding yourself with God and with his qualities. And, and what are the things? Well, we can almost go back to the list of things that God hates. And there's something in here that changes it. And um, so stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. So the belt of truth is, these are the enemy's lies. God hates a lying uh, mouse, haughty eyes, but we know the truth. So you stand firm in the truth. Do you know what the truth is? Do you know what the Lord has done? Do you know who's sitting on the throne? Do you know how the story is going to end? Do you know how much he loves you? Do you know that he's behind you? Do you know that he hasn't left you alone? That his Holy Spirit is with you? With the breastplate of righteousness in place, the devil or the enemy, or the person that God hates, is unrighteous. But we have a breastplate of righteousness, the Lord's righteousness. And this comes from the book of Isaiah. And I could go there, and it talks about the helmet of salvation and the, and the breastplate of righteousness. And the context there, and it's in Isaiah chapter 63, the context there, okay, is that God is meeting out vengeance against his enemies. Right? He's not just you know, kind of like a little fortress. He is a righteous God who's going out, meeting, bringing it to the enemy. And it's vengeance. And it's, it's vengeance for all of those who have been forgiven by God. It's a great chapter, you should read. And with your feet, Fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And in Proverbs, it says this. A heart that divides wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil. We've been given gospel shoes that rush to do good. The helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You know, the helmet is the hope of, it said somewhere else as the hope of salvation. It's the thing that helps you. Right? What, what is it that the enemy is trying to bring into your life and into your, um, as you're trying to stand for God? What is he trying to bring in? Confusion. Confusion. And what else? What's the opposite of hope? Despair. Despair. Cruel dread, as the song says. Dread and despair. And I think we can relate to that when we hear about, you know, one of these towns that's surrounded by Russia, and they're supposed to, they say, they play with them, says, oh, yeah, we'll let you get, you know, go get your insulin and go out and that kind of stuff. And then they never let them out. If you want to play with somebody's head and that despair. Um, 
And so uh, we have an antidote for that, and it's the hope of salvation. But it doesn't mean that we're not going to have to stand in the fight. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. So, faith is trust, it's confidence, it's believing. It's not having a doubt. Not having a doubt that the Lord is there for you. And when we get in these tested times, we can help each other to stand. Recourage each other to believe. Remind each other who we are. That's what Paul is doing. Paul is telling them, listen, in the evil day, I want you to take all the uh, supply that God has, cover yourself with it, know the word of God, and run at the enemy. Not really run, actually stand, but fight the enemy. Fight the enemy. All right, so I'm going to close going back to Nehemiah. This is what Nehemiah said. After I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome, and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. It's a big fight, and it's a small fight. They say when people are at war, they're not fighting, you know, the enemy. They're fighting for the guy next to them. When it all comes down to it and you're all confused, you're fighting for your brother in arms. And so Nehemiah was very smart. He says, remember the Lord who's awesome and fight for your brother and sister, your mother and your father and your child and your home. This is our home. We're not letting the enemy in. I don't know about everything else. And so that's what's happening in all these different towns in Ukraine. People have stood up and they're saying, listen, we're fighting. This is our place. I don't care whether I speak Russian or Ukraine. We are, this is our place. You're not coming in here. And so even in the towns that um, have been occupied by Russia, um, I saw you know, a thing where there's somebody got up and stood on one of their tanks and says, go home. You know, they're, they're, they're marching with all their flag, got big flags, the Ukraine flags everywhere in the city that they're being occupied. And there's so many people that are coming out against them. They're just there, right? But um, they're, they're not really, they haven't really occupied. You know, the enemy may, may make some inroads, but does he have an inroad into your heart? And are you standing for each other? Lord, we want to thank you that uh, in these days, 
Um, the enemy is making noise, but you make more noise in our heart. And we know that you know all about him. You know about his lying ways. You know about his haughty eyes. You know about his feet that run for evil. You know how he tries to put dissent between brothers. But Lord, since we know his ways and we know that these powers come from high, we, Lord, are hiding ourselves in a greater power. We are hiding in your righteousness. We are hiding in your ways, in the way of the gospel, putting those shoes on. We're hiding in our faith. Lord, we're hiding in the truth. We're hiding, Lord, uh, with the shield that's able to, dis- uh, we're able to hide behind the shield, Lord, that is able to extinguish these darks. And we're running, Lord, for you. And your precious name, I pray, Lord, that when we stand together today in our prayer meeting, Lord, that we would pray with purpose. We would pray our hearts out. Um, that, Lord, the, the way the enemy tries to scare us, Lord, would turn out to his own undoing. Amen.